What's up, everybody? Welcome to the BJJ Balance Podcast. My name is Matt Osnation, Matt Vega. This is Kenny. What's up? What's up, buddy? Um, we've got a lot of good feedback off a couple of our clips that we shared on Instagram. Yeah. Um, one of them hit about, I think it's at 50,000 views now. We're, um, we're over that for 55, 56 at this point. Yeah, crazy. Well, yeah. first of all, I want to say thank you, everybody, for, um, you know, Watching it, liking it, responding it, sharing it. Fantastic. Um, we had a well, controversial one, too. Yeah, we're not going to talk about... We're not going <laughs> to say the name of the guy, but if you go in the comments on the clip, you'll be able to get in there and just join the fun. Uh, the, now, and I get what the guy was saying. Right. Okay, so for basically the clip I said on last week's pod, um, you know, winning is different for girls. Surviving sometimes is winning. You don't always have to get this up. Right. That was basically the gist of the clip, if you haven't seen it. And it's on the BJJ Balance Instagram page if you want to check it out. Um, and so we had a comment where a guy comes in and was just basically, you know, all 1930s on it. Like, you know, like, you just got to protect your women. We're giving women false sense of security. Right. And I'm like, what? No, we're, uh, no, we're not. I'm not telling girls to go out and start brawling with dudes. And he kept taking it like that. He's just like, so you're saying that, you know, if a woman walked up to a man and she just, you know, I'm like, nobody, at no point was that ever said. No, <laughs> no, I've never. He's like, I know you mean it in jujitsu. He's like, not really. I kind of mean it in like everyday situation. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, from a sport aspect, we're like, no, we didn't say that either. No, I mean, like jujitsu for a woman is built to survive. It's, you're not going like to me, are there, I have seen women absolutely dominate men in jujitsu. Yeah. And joke them out. I've seen women put people to sleep. I've seen there, there are those girls. They do exist. So if you're one of those girls, tip my cap. But most girls, guys are bigger, genetically stronger. And, you know, jiu-jitsu is designed to survive. So that's basically what the, the clip was about. And this guy came on and said, like, no, you should protect women all the time. Like, hey, bro, you're not going to be with your chick 24/7. all the time, 24-7. Right. right. You know? So. Right. If you haven't seen that that clip, go check that clip out. Join in the fun. That thing is yeah, that thing is humming right now. Basically, if if you leave the house, make sure your girl doesn't leave. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Like, dude, it's, if you can't be there with her, put her in a foam box, dude. Like, and don't let her out. Like, like uh, I don't know, man. That's that, that, I I feel like he got so far in that he, he couldn't he couldn't like get out of it, and he just had to keep doubling down. Um. But that was funny. But besides that, that was the second clip though. The, we had the first one with the uh, flow rolling. Oh yeah, the flow rolling was that was a good one too. <laughs> we got some clips out there, so yeah. hopefully today in this podcast we can get even some more fun clips going for you guys. Um, how was your week? You did some open mat. I did. I did. Uh, I did. I did a couple of days of training, and then I went and did an open mat at another gym. Um, which was nice. I haven't done one of those in a while. So it was just, I've done open mats at, at Marietta, Checkmate Marietta, um, which is nice too. But it, it was, I, I stepped outside of my box of comfort and I went to a, a Nogi open mat at a 10th Planet gym. Very cool. Very cool. And someone said, you're too big. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I told you that thing happens. Yeah. So I, I've, I've never had that happen before. So yeah, it was definitely the, what in the last pod, he talked about four things big guys hate. And he was like, give us credit. And uh, a guy came up to me and asked me to roll. And I, it was like my last roll today. I was like, yeah, okay. I think it was like seven in at that point. And um, 
we were rolling and it, it I I got side control, I got mount, I took his back, I got mount again, went back to side control. Like it was just all dominant position, but I'm like I'm not going to give up my position to go for a submission if it's not a sure thing. You know what right, I mean? I'm yeah. making I'm waiting for this guy to make a move because Technically, I'm in the advantageous position, so he's the one who should be working, in my opinion. And I'm waiting for him to make some sort of a mistake or a hole or something where I can snag something. Yeah, it's like I've said before, it's not your job to move when you're in a dominant position. Right. Because if you were, if it was a real-life situation, you're sitting in side control, you're raining elbows on his head. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. You're not going for an arm bar or, you know, something that like crazy like that. It, you're smashing, smashing. Right. So, like, I mean, so, yeah, it's his job to move. Um, so that's cool, man. So today I kind of want to talk about what everybody talks about, the jiu-jitsu lifestyle. Yeah. What is jiu-jitsu lifestyle? Like, I want to talk about what do you think jiu-jitsu lifestyle is? I think it varies for people. There's some people dive into it. There's the Mikey Musumichis that are going to go ahead and teach themselves Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not me. Um I don't know. I I think there's definitely like a, a family aspect around like a good gym. Um, I can't speak for every gym. I haven't been in every gym, but at least in the gyms that I've had the, the pleasure of being in, there's definitely like that more than a community. You know what I mean? No, it's a, you get like a brother sisterhood for yeah, sure. Yeah, because you're trying to. Um, well, I think I don't know who said it. I think maybe Eddie Bravo said, it. you know, jujitsu weeds out douchebags. Yeah. You can't be a douchebag in jiu-jitsu because you're going to come in your first day. The douche, and, and, you know, douchebags do jiu-jitsu for at least a week. Right. You don't want to get beat by the guy that you think you should be beating. It's a humbling thing. Right. So when you do last, it's all good dudes, man. It's the coolest dudes ever. So if you ever think about trying jiu-jitsu or um, joining a jiu-jitsu gym or club or whatever you call it, they're all cool, dude. Everybody's cool. Do you think it's uh, different in, say, like a uh, an MMA gym where they teach jiu-jitsu versus like a primarily jiu-jitsu school? Uh, well, my experience is when I was in MMA gyms is it's more you're training partners, not – and I guess you could say teammates, but guys are more like they're in it for their own stuff. Right. So especially now, MMA, everybody's cross-training, training like – different gyms everybody's sparring with everybody right so it's kind of like you don't really have a home gym you have a home coach you have your home little corner right but everybody's training at different gyms okay so like i there's a little different in mma it is a little different in mma because you're um but jujitsu is kind of it does have a team feel to it especially like your class like so your 6 p.m class you get to know those guys right right and then the night and then the morning class like you get like your crew of guys so, um, to me, jujitsu lifestyle is when I was like a white belt or coming up, I jujitsu lifestyle is the guy who's just like his whole life is jujitsu. And like, I wish that I could have got that, but jujitsu hit me late in life and I was already established with the, my job and I just, my bills were too out of reach to do what he did. But like I knew one of my professors back in the day, he had a crappy little car. He lived in an apartment with like a mattress on the ground. Right. He taught jujitsu and came to the gym, or the guy who lives in the gym. Right. Like I sleep, I sleep on the mats. Like that's those guys are living the jujitsu lifestyle. Right. You know what I mean? Us nine to fivers, like I'm. It you know I'm not saying I'm a hobbyist, 
because you know I do it every a lot, like four times a week, but four to five times a week. But I'm not. Some of these guys are living in a gym. Some guys are two classes a week, three classes, two classes a, a day. day. Yeah, right. So that those guys are living the jujitsu lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's a we've got a uh, one of the guys in my gym that um, he's mid thirties, no kids, never married, you know, makes good money, and he's just like he goes morning class, evening class, a couple days a week. I'm like. That's cool, man. Yeah, like, but yeah. like, you're, what are you giving up? Right, be, like you got like I love jujitsu, my favorite sport I ever did. But what am I? I'm not gonna like I I can't give up my family for you. Like right. I mean, like we're in a spot like so. So people who can do that, those are your outliers. Right. Those are guys become Gordon Ryan's. Right, they become these guys. I um when I when I started a couple of years ago um before the birth of my last kid uh my wife and i my we we started in the gym like just going like working out and we were working out five six days a week and i would go there after work she'd go after work we'd meet there and whatnot and then i started jujitsu so i just traded jujitsu for gym so i was i was doing jujitsu five days a week plus saturday so six days a week and then when i started going to uh henderson's when poncho was there i was doing five nights a week and then on the no gi days i was doing gi at five and no gi at 6 30 so that was tuesdays and thursdays so i was doing seven classes a week and it was i loved it but as soon as my kid was born there was like there's no way in hell i could do this you know what i mean yeah i mean it's it's, it's hard to unless you can get your family on board yeah, uh, yeah yeah well now i'm getting to that point where like my wife takes my kid she my kid goes twice a week so i see them on mondays and wednesdays when i go to class Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm fortunate there, and as my kid gets older, she's still in the the really small kids class. She's got another year of that. Once she's I think seven, she can go into like the normal little kids class, and then that she's five days a week at that point. So I'll see her there all the time. So I had a crazy week. Okay, I did something this week, <laughs> and I got to talk about it now. And I haven't. So for the first time. In my and now you're thinking, oh man, he had a baby. That's what he's thinking. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I did have a son. I had a baby. My wife battled. The epidural didn't work. She grunted it out. Oof. Killed it. Amazing. I'm never gonna believe her when she says like her ankle hurts or something ever again. I seen what she did that yeah. room. That was fantastic. Unbelievable. Um, everything's good, everybody's healthy. But that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I for the first time and what almost 15 years of jujitsu i had to wash my belt really any stripes fall or I, now so people are, oh you don't wash i've never i don't wash my belts i always just buy a new belt right when it's time for a new belt and i'll just restripe it myself right because the old saying is if you wash your belt you lose all the luck comes off of it or like all the the good juju from it yeah so for the first time in my life i washed my belt i i uh I accidentally let so the baby thing happened. I left my my geese. I didn't get wash them. Okay. So I left them in my bag, and uh, my belt was in the bag. And so like you pulled the geese out. And- when I pulled, I was like, "Whoa, dude, this belt is ripe." Yeah. And I was like, "If you're a big guy, you know we just chill in side control or north south." Or I'm like, "Dude, I can't. Right. Like, I got. I can't. Like, I was like, this is just." 
I didn't have time to order one. I have more belts, but I don't have the ones with the red. I only have one with the red bar that I teach with. The okay. other one's like a white bar, white and bar. I just really don't like wearing it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wash it. And so I threw it in the wash, and I haven't rolled with it since. We'll see, dude. I might be a brown belt <laughs> when I go back to class tomorrow. I, I washed uh, my white belt right before I got my blue belt by total mistake. It was just it was in my bag. It got wrapped up in between the, the gi top and the gi pants. And when I pulled it out to throw it in the wash, I totally spaced and didn't see it. And I remember when I pulled it out, everything out of the dryer um, or out of the washer to hang up and whatnot. I was, Some people think it's absolutely gross that yeah. people don't wash their belt. I'm telling you right now, I did a poll on Oast Nation. And it said, I said, hey, who washes their belt? 80% of people on that bowl said they don't wash their belt. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not supposed to wash your belt. Yeah. I've, it, it, it messes them up too. They get all like tangly. And I got my stripes on there. Like, I'm not trying to like retape. Like, I know it's easy to retape your stripes, but, right. and I guess some people think like, I have stripes on there. I bet you this is why most people don't wash their belt. They think, my professor put these stripes on there. If it comes off. If it comes off, am I allowed to put the stripes on there again? Right. And I bet you that's the number one reason why people don't wash their belt. And I'm gonna tell you this right now. I don't think the professor gives a fuck. I've I'm on a I'm on a Facebook group um for, for dudes that do jujitsu over the age of 40. And this question came up this week. This exact question about washing the belt. Somebody freaked out about it. Somebody's like, well, staff lives on stuff for nine months. And then somebody started mocking him about staff infection. And then they, the whole stripe thing got brought up. And somebody, thankfully, because it's not all like younger belts. You know what I mean? There's, right. It's just if you're over 40 and you do jiu-jitsu. So one guy's like, I'm, I'm an instructor. I put stripes on belts. If your stripe comes off in the washing machine, put it on. I don't care. Like I don't think. Yeah, I don't yeah, think. Nobody they, gives a shit. Or they won't. Rem- they don't even know. Right. I don't think your coach is going to be like, hey. That's a fresh piece of tape. <laughs> the big I was a two. That he's not gonna care. Yeah, like, take it off. Like no, you don't like retape your belts. If you feel like you want to be hygienal or hygienal, is that even a word? Whatever, hygienic. There you go. <laughs> you want to be hygienic? Just wash your belt and put restripe it. Your so. your professor knows where you're at level. Exactly. Ones. He's t- not the tape. He's not looking down when you get to class. Going hmm. Look at if every professor had his way, there probably wouldn't even be stripes. Right. The tape, breaking news. <laughs> the tape is. It's there to make you feel it's good. It's there to make you feel good and to make you keep coming to class and keep bringing in that cash. Right, right. So, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 and it kind of lets the, I guess it kind of helps professional be like, okay, he's at three. He's getting close to it. Right. It kind of keeps him, like, helps him out a little bit. Little but for the most part, it's for you, I believe. Right. Personally. I think yeah. that's, I, I read something about that's the, the whole point of belts in general. Like, when Jiu Jitsu was first, I think it was white belt and. A dirty white belt, you know what I mean? A dirtier mm-hmm. white belt. And they, they when it became, I think it was Taekwondo. I think Jiu-Jitsu adopted the Taekwondo belt system. But when Taekwondo came to the States, um, Americans didn't like the fact that they just, there was no like show of progress. So they invented the belt system mm. as like a marketing ploy. I mean, it's, it's, it, right. I mean, the reason I literally, pretty much almost abandoned nogi for so many years. Like I said earlier, I was working and stuff, so I had to choose right. coming up the ranks, like what classes I was going to take. I was going to take gi because I was like, I'm going to want to belt up. Right. Like, yeah. I've, uh, I like I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not doing this. I wanted something out of it. So right. like, because like, literally our professor, if you, you could be black belt level, but if you only train nogi, 
You never you're know. You're coming to Gion, put the white belt on. Right. Like, that's just how he is. Yeah. He might promote you fast once right. you start, but you're a white belt. So I was like, I better be selective. So, you know, that's why I chose Gi over Noki because I wanted to say I was a jiu-jitsu black belt someday. Right. So. Injuries. Never had any. You've, you've never had an injury at jiu-jitsu? I've had some scares. Um, well, purple belt is your knee injury belt. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. Okay. Every a, you're not a you're not a really a purple belt until you've got a little scopage done on that knee. Okay, every purple belt every or you're like oh damn my knee's kind of every purple belt I know has like a little bit of a click a little hip. Oh I got I've got clicks but I've I've never I've never been never missed time. No, no. Damn dude that's I um I rolled with a, a really really large guy one time like um very obese and i had mount and my 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 heels were like turned in like on the mat mm. and feet down and he rolled to one side and his stomach oh, caught my foot. heel and it heard my knee pop my left knee didn't feel anything but it was very loud and he heard it too and he was like holy shit you know first and of all we don't mount big guys kenny yeah. Okay, like yeah. the real big guys where your knees aren't even touching. Yeah, yeah. You know was, what I mean? Yeah, it was kind of like that. You can't, dude. Yeah, like it's not like yeah. it doesn't well, work out. It was well. a white belt. I didn't know. Okay, <laughs> okay. it doesn't work out well. Get, <laughs> no. get your points. Go back to side control. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've I've had a pop, but um, that was it. I've had I've had some knee pain in class. Oh, oh, a couple months ago, I was rolling with somebody. I was rolling with a, a girl, and I just went to like hop over her leg, and when I hopped. My right knee popped, and then like I couldn't fully extend it. Like it, it, I just felt like a weird pressure, so I had to like back it off and like slowly like worked it out. And then once I got it straight, I was fine. But it was like that's happened twice. Well, coming from a guy who's had a lot of knee, a lot of injuries, yeah, me a ton. I think I said episode one, everything I've had. But if you want to go back to that one, listen to it. I've had a ton of injuries, so I do think it's beneficial to still come to class. Yeah. Even when you're hurt. Even if you can't train. Even if you're just sitting on the wall watching. Right. Because visualizing, you're keeping up with the class. You're watching what's being taught. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it, that's still going to help you grow. Yeah. Even though you can't literally do it. Do you do anything at that point? When I came back from my knee injury, no, I was just, my, my, my ACL, I was just sitting on the side and, you know, they were like, come on, sit down. I just sit there and I just like, just so eager to train, you know what right. I mean? But like, you can't really do anything. Some people can train lightly, like I'm just going to do technique or I'm just going to drill. You know what I mean? Right. Be careful with that because that's never, that never is like, right. I'm just going to drill. I'll do right, right around or, right. hey, watch out for my knee. Like I get light rolling. But if you're really, really hurt and you tell your opponent, like, hey, let's roll, but my neck and my leg and my ankle, you're not giving the guy a good roll. Right. Okay. You can't attack three quarters of my body. It's like, hey, let's go. But it, it, touch it, you know, my knee. Like, you can't. Like, this is not going to work out well. Yeah. You have to, like, you're not doing him justice. So, yes, you can, but it's not really fair to your partner. Right. So, okay. 
coming back from my knee injury. So my rule is, because I've 100% came back way too soon and then re-hurt myself. Mm. I came back from my first knee injury, came back soon, re-injured my knee again because I came back too soon. When you're, when you think in your heart, you're ready to come back, trust your brain. Give it two more weeks. Okay. Like when you off, think I'm gonna come back. Wait two more weeks. There's there's somebody that that goes to both my gym and your gym. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the cameras. He knows who he is. I'm not gonna say his name, but he uh, he he's been injured a lot this year, and he just keeps going through it. And I'm gonna like, say his name. His name's Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yes. say his name right yeah. now. His name's Chad. Chad, you you come and you hey, we're not we're getting long in the tooth, my man. You balls to the wall with jujitsu. You're killing it. Let's take it easy. He got silver in pans yesterday. Very good. Or today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Very good. But yeah. <laughs> he hurt his Achilles or something, and then he's like rolling again. I'm like, hey. right. Hey, dude. He he got he told me he's like I got a shoulder injury, and then he like he took maybe like a week off, and then he came back, and then he injured the and then he had a competition, then he injured the other shoulder in the competition. I was like, dude, you don't have arms at this point. Like, yeah, this man's <laughs> this man's is not even wiping his ass. <laughs> and then and then he, I think he I think it was like the next competition or maybe two after that. That's when he hurt his Achilles, popped his Achilles. Yeah, Chad's a good dude. Yeah, I I I you know savage, but yeah, he just. He's the jiu-jitsu lifestyle. That, that's that guy. 100%. There you go. That's There's your it, example. There, yeah, that's him. Yep. His whole life. He'll be at Fallbrook, at yours. He's everywhere. Yeah. He's jiu-jitsu all day, every day. Yeah, he's hitting three different checkmat gyms, constant training. He's going to the gym. He's swimming. He's doing red light therapy. He's, you know, he's yeah, yeah, consumed with it. Now, now maybe, you know, it's not, maybe I'm jealous. Maybe I'm jealous. I can't do that. But. You know, I don't know if I would, if I had that much time. Yeah. I, I think it's a, if I look at my, like, if I would have gotten into this in my early twenties when I was just fucking off and drinking and being a, a savage out there, I I probably would have been consumed with it. No, I can. Yeah. I mean, and I was at a one time in my life, don't get me wrong. There was like, when I was like purple, blue belt, I was red lighting it. Right. But now as, as a dad, a husband, a very time-consuming career, it's, I wish I had the time. That, if I had more hours in the day, I could probably do it. But it's just, it just comes down to that. Like I've, you, we gotta come, we're coming to that thing. It's like, do you still want to do your hobbies? Or do you want to like sacrifice your hobbies so your kids can do her hobbies? Right. Because it's like I'm coming to this thing. It's like, well, my daughter wants to do – Soccer. And if that's at five o'clock. Right. You know, I can't, you cannot have your wife just do all the classes. So you can be selfish with your jiu-jitsu. Right. That's how marriages don't work. Yeah. My wife's going to want to go do her spin class or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like you have to like, so that's where that, you know, it kind of doesn't get us for the lifestyle. Part. My wife's a, an absolute, I call, I call her a, a, a meathead all the time because she's up at four o'clock. And at the gym every morning. That's wild. Yeah, 4 a.m. It's and and good on her because because she does that and that allows me to have afternoons a couple times a week. And I, I you know, that's the thing is I, I do classes three times a week. If I'm gonna go to an open mat, 
on a Friday, I'm only going to do two classes that week. That's like the compromise that I'm willing to. And that's like my internal compromise. I you think your I mean? wife's got it all figured out because yeah. one thing I hate about is the morning routine. With the kids. Yeah. I hate it. Can't stand it. I don't yeah. like getting the cereal, the clothes and the backpacks. And where's your homework? All that. Yeah. And I only got one right now doing that. And when I go to train, I'm teaching, I'm teaching 530. Right. And my wife has to get up and do all that stuff. It's yeah. a welcome trade, dude. I'm like, I come back in, like, oh, ready for school. I'm like, all right, let's go. Right. Yeah, I I'm, I leave before my kid even wakes up. So my wife works out. Comes back, does it all. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man, I thought, I thought she was I thought she was working the magic where she was no at the gym, and you had to wake up like, all right, let's no. get some cereal. No. Like, I was like. Dang. I leave at 530 in the morning, um, 530, 540, and she's usually. Because I have a gym in my garage, like right. everything. So she, she'll she work out here. She'll get up at 4. I'd say by like 4.45, she's in the garage after she's had her coffee and everything. The garage gym always seems like such a great idea for me. But for me, it's just too close to same relaxing. Same. I have to literally. I could go out there, but the couch is right here. Right. The game's <laughs> on. I, I got to walk past the couch to get to the garage. I got to, you know, I have to literally have, and that's why another thing why I think jujitsu is so good for exercise, right. because if, if the guy has to go, now you can get mats at your house and we know, I, everybody knows somebody who has mats at their house. Yeah. But you have to go to get it in. Yeah. You can't like, and once you're there, you're there. Like might as well train. Right. It's the same with the gym. Like I rather, I can't work out in my garage. I, once I walk in the golds, or powerhouse, or whatever. I got a lift. So, right. to me, you know, I'm uh, I'm fortunate that jujitsu's on my way home from work, so I have to pass it. And it's like, if I if I pass the gym, there's no going back. I mm. I know me. So it's like I force myself to. I I if I'm driving home from work and I'm tired, I've had a long day, I don't want to go to jujitsu. I just feel like I'm burnt. I that's my cue that I have to go. Like there's no there's no negotiating with myself at that point. As bad as I don't want to go, that tells me I, I need to. It's it's a necessity at that point. It, it seems like you got pretty good discipline when it comes to your guys' training. Both you guys, you and your wife. Yeah, I try to. You guys are pretty like consistent. Like you have your days. You know, like yeah. you know how you already know this week what days you're going, what nights, what yeah. nights you're not. Like it's already like it's set in stone unless something happens. Right. Do you think your discipline came from like being in the military? You think that helped with uh, no. your discipline? No, no, no. My um, my parents were self-employed, or were now they're retired, but always were, and so that like that drive to just to to do what I have to do, or like to just to they instilled in me at a young age, like I want to be the best at something because I want to be the best, not for monetary gain, not for publicity or notoriety. It was always like it mattered to me to be the best at whatever it was I was doing, not necessarily what anybody thought about it, if that makes sense. So you just kind of, when the military came, it's kind of like, oh, this is normal. I, dude, I, I didn't, when I was in the military, it was, I didn't, I didn't leave high school with the, with a thought in my head, like I'm going to join the military. Like a lot of kids have. Mm -hmm. Mine was, I was in college. I got my girlfriend at the time pregnant and it was like i've got to support a family now so what am i going to do to do that because i'm not doing it working at ritz camera <laughs> yeah. and uh 
going to going to community college like that wasn't and i and I, would, I was like a freshman in college i was just starting so it's like i'm a long way away from graduating you were just looking for something consistent something. right so it was like okay you know my my stepdad we was retired army and he's just like medical benefits housing like you're you're gonna deploy probably you know no matter what branch you go into but if you ever want to see your family like don't join the navy i was like fair so i joined the air force yeah. And uh and I, I was fortunate to get stationed in Phoenix, so I was close enough to San Diego to where I could go home every other weekend, visit my my parents, visit her parents. Um, so it was close enough to home that it like it wasn't like it wasn't we weren't on the other side of the country where you're right. never gonna see your family type shit. Right. Um but the there's like a I, I didn't I didn't develop any sort of that discipline, maybe towards the end. Maybe towards the end, like as you start to kind of like go up in the ranks, mm-hmm. have some responsibility under you, or I don't know. I I, I think once uh once I, I kind of got adopted by some NCOs that maybe saw something in mm-hmm. me, um, there was like that desire to make them proud, right? Or kind of follow in their footsteps because like, we have so many like ex-military or active military guys in our oh, gyms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now, now, granted, we're in Southern California, so we're pretty close to Camp Pendleton. Like, oh, yeah. You know, so there's going to have, we have that. But, like. This is, like, a, a strangely large military community for being a small right. town. So how how do you think, what are the benefits? Like, wh- why why is jiu-jitsu so popular for um, ex-military or active military members? Structure. There's a couple of things. As a veteran, I can go to a birthday party, a barbecue where I don't know anybody. The second you find out somebody's a veteran or even just like in conversation, like you can just, you figure it out really quickly. There is a a sense of like, we shared the same suck. So I kind of understand you. You know what I mean? It's the comp jujitsu shirt. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, we, there you go. Yeah. It's like, we, oh, hell, you train? Oh, yeah, yeah man. We, we've been through the same, like, you, if you've never trained jujitsu, you won't understand how difficult it is, not just from like a physical standpoint, but from like a mental standpoint. And, and the frustration of, especially in your early days where somebody catches you in some sort of like a, a stall tactic and you're just, you don't know what to do to get out of it until you've, experienced it enough times and and figure that puzzle out on your own so if if you meet somebody that trains like there's an instant bond there if they've got i don't know more than a couple of months that are under them or whatnot it's like you've you know this the struggle and the and the headache and the frustration and the moments of clarity and and the you know, the, the things to be proud of in yourself as you advance, you know, in, in jujitsu and technique and whatnot. And I think that it's a kind of the same thing for the military. So I don't, I, I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I think a lot of it would be a lot of people don't necessarily, when they re, when they get out or retire from the military, they don't necessarily end up in, in their hometown. They might stay close to where, you know, they got out. Mm-hmm. And if the majority of the people that they associated with were still in the military. They're probably within two to three years transferring out of there and going to a new station. Right. So that, that 
family that you were super connected to while you were in is now gone. And now they're in another country, another part of the country. So you need some sort of a, another family unit to feel connected to. And it's like, well, you can either go find that in a bar, which a lot do, or you can go find that in some sort of an extracurricular activity, the gym, jujitsu, something like that. Yeah. I think it's a lot to do with team. Yeah. You know, cause you've got, especially like depending on what your job is, like a lot of people can't, their job doesn't transfer outside to the civilian world. Yeah. Fine. So it's like, you know, I was in there, you know, working on helicopters or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I was an aircraft electrician. Can't do that shit in the public sector. So like, so you come out here, you're like, you've basically like you lost, you literally lost your job. Yeah. And you've lost your, you've kind of like your identity. Yeah. Right. Like, like I was this. Yeah. And now I'm not this. Yeah. And that's a big thing too in the military. It's like, I mean, especially if you're eight, 10 years into a career, it's just like, you know, if you're, if you're a military cop, you're a cop, you know what I mean? If you are, uh, um, the medical side transfers out. Right. Um, but that's pretty much it. If you if you're a, if you're a firefighter in the military, you can't just come out and be a firefighter. You got to go the through whole, your whole academy again, starting all over. Which has got to be tough. You know what I mean? I mean, if you if let's say you didn't stay in long enough to retire, you did twelve years mm. as a firefighter in the military, and you come out and it's like now I got to start over to do what I've just been doing for the last twelve years from the bottom. Right. I'm a black belt now. I got to put a white belt on. Right. Hundred percent. Like that sucks. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I was an electrician for four years on F-16s, not something that's in the private sector. Nobody has a private F-16. No. So I'm not. Tom Cruise, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy. I had a buddy that got out shortly after me, and he um, he moved to the United Arab Emirates and worked for their their military as a private contractor and made buttloads of money no, doing the same thing we were doing. I can imagine. Yeah. You're like, take me, bro. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, yeah, is, I think it's, I think it's the camaraderie. I think it's the bond. I think it's when you're in the military, there's, it's kind of like, um, the same mindset of like a, a sport that's not a team sport. Like, yeah, you train with other people and, and those people make you a better, but it's like, you don't promote based off of anybody else. You also can find a lot of ex, like I said, we have a lot of people that do it. So, yeah. you know, jujitsu has veterans in it. Yeah. So if you're looking for that bond with people, bond with guys that you kind of can, you know, right? Like you don't know personally, but like kind of guys that like live the same life you lived, right? You're gonna find them in jujitsu, right? So, um, yeah, if you're getting out of the military and you're like just kind of going through it right now, like which a lot of people are, it's very sad when you see some of these veterans going through. Totally, try jujitsu. There's there's programs for it too. I mean, I don't know a ton about them. I know, I've I've heard of like the We Defy program. I know they do something with um, putting veterans in jujitsu schools. They'll pay for like a, your first year of training. They'll give you two geese. Like so, it's, it's like no out of pocket to like you. You might be thinking like, hey, maybe you're injured from you know from serving. Maybe you can't see or you're missing limbs or it don't matter, man. Right. They're, they're here. We have those. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Train. Like, yeah. it's available. Like, get out there. Jiu-Jitsu works for everybody. So if you're going through it, try everything. Like, what else is – what do you have to lose? Yeah. Take a free class. Probably get free two weeks. Most yeah. gyms. Try four or five classes. See if it's for you. There's a, there's a certain mental balance 
that training brings me um, just throughout the week. Well, I think we talked about this in the first podcast where I was talking about like the balance of the, the work life and, and the training life and the home life and everything. Mm. If I don't train, I'm no good to my family, like mentally. Like I just, I need to go work, physically work this shit out. And I need the mental stimulation of class um, that I, you're not, I can go to the gym and I can work out and I'm going to work myself physically, but there's no mental game there. I can sit home and I can play video games online and I'll get the mental stimulation there, but there's no physical. Right. You know what I mean? Jujitsu gives me both at the same time. So. And it kind of just shuts the world off for a minute. Yeah. For an hour. Yeah. Well, the class is an hour. It's more like five hours. But, but like, it shuts the world off for you. Right. So there's two things I'm saying. Like, if you are, you need to release, try jujitsu. Also, check your TRT levels. Totally. Okay? I cannot express this enough. I, me personally, and I'll say here, your boy's on TRT. I've been on it for about four months now. Um, I had no motivation. My Everything was down. And I'm not even, you know, ex-military. I'm just a UPS guy. Right. But I had no um, desire to train. The only thing making me train was my social media well, because I didn't want to feel like I was a fraud. Did you feel like there was a um, – did anything stand out to you that, like, that, that was like, I have to go check this out? Did um, somebody say something to you? Did I just was like – I just felt like my body aches and I was lethargic and I was just like tired and just wanted to like, you know – all the injuries that I've had, I could feel them all. I was just brutal. I was just, sex drive was way down. So I knew my T was low. But then right. when I checked it and it was like, it's at 150. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. And I was like, so they got me hooked up. Now I'm around 800, 500, 500, 800. Yeah. Staying there. So it's like, I'm not trying to like go crazy and be like, you know, I'm not trying to cyborg it. But like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, and don't get me wrong, okay? Don't get me wrong. If I'm competing, my injection day is on a Wednesday, and I know I'm competing on a Saturday, yeah, injection day might be on a Friday night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, but, like, I'm not, like, overdoing my levels. I just want to feel good. Yeah, I um, I had the same thing. I went to um, Kaiser, to my primary physician, like, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I had, I was like, I, can we run a full blood panel? Like I just, I, I'm, I think I was 37. I hadn't really, I, I go to the doctor like maybe once a year, once every two years. Like I'm not, I never, I get sick. It's just regular sick. You know mm. what I mean? I don't have a reason to go to the doctor. I'm not just going to go to go. Right. So I go in and I get my levels tested and I was like, I requested specifically. I said, I, I want a, I want a blood panel, but I'm going to see if I'm deficient in any vitamins, minerals, whatever. So I can, you know, try to correct that you know, with supplementation. And then I also would like my testosterone tested. And they were kind of like apprehensive about it, which is like weird, but I'm like, they, they agreed to it. And then it came back and my levels at that time, I think I was like three, 340 or something like yeah. that. And I've, I've seen a lot of different scales. I don't know what the scales are based off of, but Kaiser at that time told me low end, but still regular, still average is 320. High would be like 750. So she's like, they're like, or he's like, you're low, but you're still in range. So I can't recommend to put you on TRT right now. And I'm like, that sucks. And I kind of lost hope. 
couple of years go by and um, I, my wife starts making comments like, are you okay? Like, are you like, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I just, I was, it was so caught off by it. You know, I'd be sitting here on the couch and I didn't realize it, but she's talking to me. She's having a conversation and I'm not responding at all. Cause I'm not even, I'm like zoned out and I'm right. not, I'm not like, I'm not, it's not like I'm busy watching TV or I, I'm just not there. Like, it's like my brain was shut it's off. It's like the movie click where you're just kind of. Yeah. And then she would be like, hello. And I'm, you know, I'd hear that. And I'm like, what? And she, she's like, I've been talking to you for like three or four minutes now and you haven't responded to anything. I'm like, I had no idea. I'm sorry. And, um, I was, I was training, started training, uh, you know, a year and a half ago at this point. So I, um, I was maybe a year in and I started to ache more. Um, I feel like my, my, my sleep got worse. Um, recovery, like physical recovery. Um, I, and I, I ached in places I never ached before. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd be sore, but like all of a sudden, like my fingers hurt, my hands hurt, my neck hurts, my back hurts, my legs hurt. Every part of me from head to my feet, my toes, mm-hmm. everything hurts. And I'm like, dude, something seems off. So I go in, um, I'm like, I'm not going to go to Kaiser this time. I'm going to go try a, a private place. And I go to this place by the gym and um, set up a consultation. It was all free. They ran my test levels right there on the spot. They bring, they bring me back. They're like, you're at 105. I'm like, whoa. She's like, this is dangerously low. So um, I started that day and it was like once a week injections and uh I went back after like a month. They retested me. I think I was at like 400 or something like that. Where they're like, it's a dramatic improvement, but obviously Still we got some work to go. Yeah. So they bumped me up and then a three months goes by and I actually went in for my four month follow up last week before last. And I was at uh, 800. And, um, and so they, I, but I explained like, there's definite benefits and I'll get into that in a second. Like so many things changed for me all the way around. But after like four months, I started to kind of feel like maybe th- things were tapering off. And she was like, they ran my um, estrogen levels because I, I wasn't on any sort of an estrogen blocker yet because my levels weren't high enough. Now they're like, yeah, you're over. So basically as I've increased my testosterone, it's now increased my estrogen production as well to kind of balance mm. out. So they're sending me estrogen blockers, which the estrogen will also cause you to feel uh, like achy and like your your, right. your recovery is not as good. So they've also now t- they've upped my dosage, but they've split me to twice a week. So now I I inject Mondays and Wednesdays as opposed to just on Mondays. Yeah, they only got me doing once a week and one ml. Yeah, one ml a week or Sunday. I'm Sundays and Wednesdays. Sundays and Wednesdays. So I do it 100 milligrams a week. I'm f- I'm point five. 0.5 mil, yeah, half a half a right. needle twice a week, and then now they're the estro- the estrogen blocker is supposed to be here this week. So the benefits that I noticed immediately within that first week was sleep dramatically changed within like the first week. Boom! All of a sudden, oh, yeah. I was not struggling with sleep. Um, the uh, recovery, I'd say within like two to three weeks, I felt like a, a dramatic improvement there, like night and day. The cognitive, the the brain fog, that was gone. I have not had that in four months. I, I don't just zone out anymore. So that's been the biggest improvement. 
out of everything. Obviously, sex drive increased as well. Um, and uh, and then I would say by by month four, I started to physically notice like muscle definition changes and things like that. Never been if I when I was like a gym rat, I would definitely get larger and like have more definition and stuff. But if you don't constantly maintain that like level of uh, you know commitment to the gym, that stuff goes away quickly. And TRZ can be, you know, if you don't change your eating, oh yeah, you just get big, right? So it's like you gotta like if you're gonna be on it, you better take care of it. You know what right. I mean? So training, not- training is definitely helpful. So I, I, I do. I wish I, I wish I weight train more. I don't hate it. I just don't like. It's like why weight train when I could go to jujitsu? Right, right. That's the whole problem. It's like right. why am I going here when I know I could be hitting this class right now? So I do things like um, I wish I was more consistent. For I'll, I'll get consistent for a little bit, and then like it tapers off, and I'm like it's like a loose interest in it, whatever. But then I notice like it definitely there's benefits to it. So kettlebell training. Um, I bought a. I, I, I said I have a full. I've, I have a full. I have almost a thousand pounds worth of like free weights. I've got dumbbell set from five to fifty five pounds. I've got a, a squat rack, a bench, a treadmill, it's a row there. machine. Yeah, all in my garage. I bought a pull-up bar in my bedroom, even though I have one in my garage. So every time I walk by it, when I go into the bathroom, um, I make myself do 10 pull-ups. And I'll and I'll do push-ups. I'll, I'll knock out like 100 push-ups a day. Um, trying to. That's more than me, my man. I don't. <laughs> so it's just like those little, if I can do that and jujitsu, and if I can, if I can, try to make myself be more consistent and, and start doing this kettlebell stuff again. Um, which by the way, kettlebell workouts kick my ass in like a 20 minute workout, dude, I'm dying. Um, but I definitely feel the benefit and I, I know there's, there's huge improvements there, but yeah, like I said, um, if you're going through it, you just have no drive and you're just like, I work, I come home, I sleep. I dealing with my wife like that is you might want to check your levels, man. Like, yeah. Like especially as older guys, like you young 22, 28 year old guys, like you guys are killing it, dude. Do your thing. <laughs> yeah. If you, you want to take some stuff for extra, hey man, that's how I got my low T in the first place. <laughs> okay. I freaking wild it out in my twenties. And now, you know, but like if you're like older, master division, and you're trying to like, you know, just find that little bit of extra. Get your blood work done. Yeah. It's Check essential. It it's essential. And it's, it, I know not everybody's going to be in a place where they f- can financially afford it if it they is. can't get it through medical. And I think cheap. that's going to change. I think yeah. TRT's, the wave of it is becoming so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, I see advertisements for it on like, uh, on social media, uh, a couple different companies. And then before I went to the local place, I reached out to them. So there was a medical loophole. During the era, where they can't say that word, I know you have to beep. We're gonna demonetize, bro. You can't say you can't say that word. (laughs) There's a medical loophole during that that from 2020 to now, where they were doing telehealth. So a lot of these companies are based out of Florida, and it was like, um, you know, phone call to the doctor or like a they would do like an online kind of a chat thing with a doctor and this doctor located in some other state that's never seen you person to person is now making you their patient. And then 
listen to your your woes and then would say, okay, we'll send you, uh, we'll set up something for LabCorp, which is nationwide, and you go get your blood work done. They'll send the, the results to us, and if you are in the range, we'll put you on it. And it was like 60 bucks a month, super cheap. That's not bad. Not at all. Um, I, I reached out to them, but they sent me something back stating that they just recently changed the law, like within the last six months, um, that the telehealth thing is like, a, it's done now. So if you were already an existing customer, you're good. You were good. You're grandfathered in. But if if you're new customer base, they can't do anything for you. So that's where I go to the local. A lot spot. of insurances don't cover it, right? And like, you know, I even called the local place that everybody's going to, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't do insurance no more." And I'm like, "Ah," yeah. oh. but then finally, you know, my insurance ended up going through it. So okay. Now I get it for free. Oh, very nice. But like, I'm assuming you don't have Kaiser. No. Yeah. No Kaiser. Yeah. Blue Shield, Blue Cross. That's, uh, and I can switch uh, in the next open enrollment. I think I'm doing that. Yeah. Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And so it cost me nothing and it's been a game changer. So get on there. Well, I think that's good for episode. Was that four? Episode four? That's episode four. Episode four of the BJJ Bounce podcast. Follow Kenny at Kenny Freak Party. What no, is at, or, uh, at, the underscore freak party at the underscore freak party. I don't even want to know how he got that nickname, but we're going to get into that maybe in the next episode. <laughs> uh, follow me at, at OS nation BJJ. Um, thanks for listening everybody. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.